You're listening to an Economy Matters podcast produced by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The Federal Open Market Committee concluded a two-day meeting earlier today. The pace of job today. growth has been strong. Downside risks to the outlook for the, the economy. number of Fed officials. The shadow banking system is large. We've come a long way since the darkest day of the financial crisis. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinches, Managing Editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. And today I had the privilege of sitting down with Federico Mandelman, a research economist and associate advisor here at the Atlanta Fed, and who has been a guest on the podcast before, although it's been a while. So welcome back, Federico. Hey, how are you, Tom? I'm really pleased you're back on the podcast because I've looked forward to this conversation for a while. Uh, Federico, you recently wrote a working paper titled Digital Adoption, Automation, and Labor Markets in Developing and Emerging Economies. Uh, That's kind of a mouthful of a title, but I thought it was really uh, an interesting paper and certainly worth having a conversation about. So so thanks for uh, sitting down with me. Um, I wanted to start off by asking you, uh, you know, we hear a lot about the potential effects of digital technologies on advanced economies like, like the U.S., uh, you know, will autonomous vehicles reduce the need for human drivers and so forth? But we typically don't hear much about technology's impact on, on developing economies. Uh, what led you initially to look into this phenomenon? Well, uh, there is very little data on emerging economies. Precisely that is the problem. There is very little effort in collecting information on automation and digital adoption in these economies. A priori, it seems that this is not relevant for these countries. The idea is that poor countries are not in the frontier of technology, they still rely on traditional methods, and therefore are far from adopting breakthrough innovations. However, quite the opposite, developing countries can easily adapt to new technologies because they do not need to replace the infrastructure built already with the existing state-of-the-art technology. Since they can build from zero, they can easily bypass previous technological stages, and that simplifies uh, the, the, the technology adoption. Right. Just to give you an idea, uh, I was in China 10 years ago, and no one used credit cards. Right. The China of 10 years ago is very different from yeah. the China of today, right, I Exactly. Imagine. So you had to pay with cash everything. Right. No credit cards. Wow. And I talked to a friend that he went recently to, to China, and we were having a conversation. And he said, yes, it's impossible to use a credit card in China. And I said, of course, they only need cash. They only use cash. I said, no, no, no one uses cash. Oh. Everyone uses an app in their telephone. Whenever they want to make a payment, they show the QR code, and they make a payment with that app. Wow. So usually they use uh, cell phone apps to make payment. Uh, so a huge change in a yes. decade. So essentially they, what we call, this is like lip, lip, uh, uh, leapfrogging. Right, you jump over the technologies more easily when you don't need to 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 build the new the, the, the when you you don't need to change infrastructure from the existing technology. Right, and so you also see that in not just China but other developing yes. economies. Yes, exactly that. To give you an example, going back to this uh, QR code uh, in gas stations in Argentina, only cash was used before, but now I went there this summer. And again, people were using uh, apps and displaying these QR codes to make payments. Wow. So there is no infrastructure to take credit cards in gas stations like here in the U.S. Right. But if you have a cell phone like most people do, 
they can use an application to make electronic payments. I think that will be more complicated probably to have that technology in the U.S. Right? Because right. people is already used to, to use credit cards. Right, right. So that's the, that's the idea. So these countries are not at the frontier of the technology, but probably that's an advantage that they have in yeah. the new weight of, of te telecommunication technologies that we observe. Right. Well, I... Your paper, uh, you know, which I should note is co-authored by Alan Shapiro of Tufts University, uh, refers to recent studies suggesting that more than 60%, at 60% of jobs in developing and emerging economies are likely to be susceptible to automation. 60% uh, is quite, quite a staggering number. Uh, you know, if, if we heard that data point applied to the U.S. labor force, you know, it would be front page news here. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it's true that in developed countries, you have many of these so-called non-routine cognitive occupations. These occupations require creativity, management skills, or complex uh, problem-solving skills like computer programmers in Silicon Valley, doctors, lawyers, professionals in research and development, uh, managers, etc. In developing countries, uh, you don't have many of these jobs. In developing countries, you have a much higher uh, share of occupations that are in repetitive jobs, that execute uh, routine tasks, that are susceptible of being replaced by computers or robots right. at a larger scale. Right. Well, Federico, uh, one important your distinction that your paper makes is that uh, self-employment has a much higher rate in developing and emerging economies than, than in developed economies. Just how different are rates of self-employment in developing and emerging economies compared to economies, you know, like the U.S. or other advanced economies? Most important, most important, and first of all, I think I have to highlight that self-employment in developing countries is very different than in developed countries. How is that? Uh, in the U.S., when we think about self-employed individuals, we think about skilled people, creative, very energetic that they launch their own companies. In developing countries, it's the opposite. In developing countries where you have very limited or non-existent safety nets, the urban unemployed will seek assistance in these occupations. So the self-employed in developing countries have typically very little or no capital and have to work on their own. That is, they don't hire other people. And essentially, when we think of a self-employed in a developing country, we are thinking not in an entrepreneur, but quite likely in a street vendor. Okay, So right. self-employment is a very different phenomenon. Right. Uh, salaried employment, on the other hand, that seems to be the norm in rich countries, is very scarce in developing countries. So the lack of business creation in these economies implies that about 45% of the labor force in these countries work on their own. I see. That's really different than in the U.S. Well, you know, I, I don't want to get us on a long tangent about, uh, you know, world history, but there must be historical or, or sociological factors behind the greater share of self-employment in developing and emerging economies. For example, your paper mentions the greater barrier to credit access in developing and emerging economies that might impede from creation. Is that sort of thing a factor at work here? Yes. So, while many other factors are in play, the greatest extent of high self-employment in these economies, I would say, the other is the other is the other side of the coin 
of lack of business creation, right? So it is very usually very it is usually very hard to measure the actual factors behind the lack of firm creation and salaried employment as the institutional setting varies across countries. We can mention, however, that business creation requires some basic conditions that are in short supply in these countries. So for instance, lack of basic infrastructure from highways to internet connection, mm -hmm. bank credit, human capital, an imperfect rule of law, or burdensome uh, red tape. Right. So all these factors essentially contribute to lack of firm creation uh, in these countries. Those are very important uh, yes. factors. <laughs> yes. Well, I thought it was interesting that your, your, in your paper, your model's outcomes show that as the creation of salaried firms increases, uh, labor is, uh, I guess you would say, reallocated away from self-employment and into salaried employment. But that leaves unemployment basically unchanged, doesn't it? Yes. So essentially, that's the main empirical finding of the paper. Controlling for many other factors, we find that countries that adopt more of the information and communications technology tend to create more businesses, and by doing so, they pull people out of self-employment right. into paid salary jobs. Mm -hmm. Quite different to what we typically happens in developing countries where technology adoption and automation are usually associated to the displacement of workers in routine occupations like manufacturing or administrative workers. I see. So I don't know if your paper went into uh, the impact on, on um, income so much, but is there an effect on, on income of, of workers when, when this reallocation happens? No, we don't go over that aspect yeah. of the, of the okay. paper. Yeah. I, I just want to make clear that you yes. didn't really delve into that uh, aspect of... of yes. uh, so, Federico, is, is greater technology adoption alone a sufficiently powerful force to generate a move away from self-employment and into salaried employment, or are there other factors at work? Yeah, one of the things that I didn't mention before is that advancements in telecommunications help to overcome the lack of infrastructure by bringing people together and creating business opportunities. So, for instance, uh, rural and geographically dispersed towns are now better interconnected uh, thanks to e-commerce uh, platforms. So, to give you another example, in Argentina, you have small farms from rural towns that just started to sell their products, like food produce, in websites like eBay, okay? Right. So not only that, they can also buy and receive by mail intermediate goods that they need for production without the need to go to the capital city. Right. Okay. Uh, and most interestingly, we see that in many developing countries, by tracking their operations and their cash flows in these e-commerce platforms, uh, they can easily get access to credit through the fintechs subsidiaries that are associated with these companies, as it is the norm in China, okay? Right. So finally, another factor that I wanted to highlight is that mobile banking, that is the possibility of using your phone to make financial transactions, is playing alone at least 20% in the decline of the unbanked between, in the number of unbanked in the world between the year 2011 to 2014. So digital adoption appears to be a fundamental factor promoting new business creation by lowering the barriers to entry and creating uh, salary jobs, okay? Right. So 
going back to your question, I don't know if you can remind me because I got distracted with this. Well, I um, I wanted to ask you if, if greater technology adoption ah, alone. Ah, yes, exactly. Yeah, right. So we saw that uh, that if we focus solely in existing incumbent firms that adopt the new technology, job creation is not powerful enough. Okay. So if established firms adopt technology, they become more productive, for sure. So they can hire more workers. Sure. But on the other hand, we know that machines and computers will replace some of the existing workers as well. Right, okay. the, the automation we've been talking exactly. about. Exactly. Right. So the idea that existing firms become more productive, they hire more people, but on the other hand, the same machines and computers that they now use in production can replace some other workers. So in net, we find that net job creation by established firms, by uh, the already established firms, is positive, but near zero as a result. So the key, once again, is business creation. Business, business creation facilitated by technological adoption that lowers the barriers to firm entry by bringing businesses together through e-commerce, promoting credit with mobile banking, or eliminating red tape by e-governments seem to be an important factor. Right. So, you know, there's been a lot of research into the effects of technology and automation on advanced economies, but not so much on, on developing and emerging economies. Um, and your research paper is one of the few I've seen to examine this relationship, which is why I found it interesting and wanted to talk to you today. Uh, why hasn't this been studied more in general, do you think? Is it is it a data availability problem, or what's at work here? Yes, exactly. Uh, as I said before, the main problem is the lack of data. Right. Uh, only very recently, multilateral and development organizations like the World Bank started to make some effort in collecting data on the extent of digital adoption and automation technologies in these economies. And we as economists uh, have a natural tendency to ignore those things that we cannot measure. Sure. So that would be probably my explanation. Right. Well, you know, as we've just noted, um, this is a relatively underexplored area. Uh, so how did you and your co-author set about constructing robust models and all the all the things you need to do this kind of analysis? Uh, what were the biggest challenges to your modeling? So that's our main problem, full yeah. disclosure here. Right. <laughs> We have an hypothesis, and we build a model to test this hypothesis, but without reliable and sufficiently descriptive data, the robustness of our quantitative analysis can be fairly put into question. Well, uh, I will say some aspects of it. I need to sell the paper here. Yeah. Uh, but some aspects of our work can be put into question because the data that we have is, uh, is not very rich. Okay, It's not very detailed. It's not sufficiently descriptive. Or reliable. Uh, so, for instance, we do not we do not have firm level data on technology adoption. We just have aggregate indicators, but no firm level indicators. We don't have a time series to track the evolution of technology of technology adoption over time. So, these are important constraints that we encounter in the analysis. But you know, something happened that theory helps by making evident that more data is needed. So that idea, our research probably will contribute as a grain of salt on that direction. Right, right. Showing that this might be an interesting topic, but the quality of the data is not there. 
Right. So you need to build more data. Well, I, I do I do respect yeah. your full disclosure there. That's, yeah. that's very good. Um, well, was there anything you found that, that surprised you in your research? Anything that maybe challenged your own assumptions about the relationship between technology and the labor force or the larger macro economy? Yes, uh, critically the role of business creation. So I did research on automation uh, before. Right. Uh, but solely looking at the U.S., okay? So when I start looking at this issue, I completely oversaw this important aspect of farm creation or farm entry that is, of course, critical in emerging and developing econo economies. So I have to thank, uh, I have to, I, I'm thankful to my co-author, Alan Finkelstein-Shaviro, that enlightened me in this regard. Right, yeah. right. Well, um, I, I have one more question for you. Um, what would you say of the implications of your research's findings? I mean, what would you like policymakers or even anyone reading your paper to take away from your work? Well, let me highlight two points. The first one is that automation and digital adoption may be important in developing countries, essentially that. Right. Uh, they, don't, they don't need to be in the technological frontier to adapt the new technologies. Quite the opposite, you can build the infrastructure from zero without the need to revamp the existing, the existing infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it is easier to adopt modern systems when the technologies have not been adopted before. Right. Okay, So you start from zero, fresh start. And the second point that we highlight in our research is that in emerging and developing economies, automation and digital adoption can be a potentially, potentially a strong factor in lowering the cost of entry, the, the cost of entry for new farms, uh, and by facilitating business creation, they may generate the much-needed salary jobs that this economy requires. Right. Okay. So that will be the the two points that I would like to highlight in the end. Gotcha. Well, let's just call this then the, the first of a series of conversations we'll have about this as you as you continue to research this area and and have new findings. So you'll be back on to talk about this in the future, I'm, I, I hope. Yes, um, sure. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, we are out of time, Federico, but I want to thank you for your time and, and sharing your insights about your research with us. It's always great to talk to you, and I hope you will be back on the podcast soon about this or other research you, sure. you're uh, working on. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinches, Managing Editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. And I want to note that we'll have a link to Federico's paper on our site at uh, frbatlanta.org. Thanks for spending some time with us today, and I hope you'll come back next month for another episode. This has been a production of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at frbatlanta.org.